Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Beats Research Radio, a podcast and YouTube channel that aims to disseminate science and research the community. My name is Nicole Chu, an undergraduate student at the University of Ottawa. Joining us today is Dr. Michael Laflamme. Dr. Laflamme is a senior scientist at the McEwen Stem Cell Institute in the University Health Network in Toronto, where he holds the Robert McEwen Chair in Cardiac Regenerative Medicine and the Tier 1 Canada Research Chair in Cardiovascular Regenerative Medicine. His research program at UHN focuses on developing novel therapies for post-myocardial infarction heart failure based on human pluripotent stem cells in order to restore electrical and contractile function to injured hearts. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Lafem. Thanks for the invitation. It's a pleasure to chat with you. We're so excited to have you on our podcast channel. So to start off our conversation, do you mind giving us a brief introduction on what myocardial infarction is and why it leads to complications such as heart failure? Yeah, so what, what a myocardial infarction is, or also known as an MI or colloquially as a heart attack, is, is it's an event that occurs when you have a blockage in one of the coronary arteries. These are the blood vessels that uh, supply your heart. Um, and if that blockage lasts for a sufficient length of time, all the muscle downstream of that blockage um, can suffer necrosis or, or, or death. Um, and uh, that's why we try to open up vessels after a blockage as soon as we can. So as soon as after 20 minutes of an interruption of blood supply, the muscle downstream starts to die. The problem is the heart is among the least regenerative organs in the body, um, might be the least. People we have arguments with the people that work in the brain and some of the other tissues. Um, but it's certainly the case that over time, um, the damaged muscle is replaced by non-contractile scar tissue. And so then a, a new problem arises. So we've gotten much better with improvements in emergency response time and, and opening up vessels soon with getting people past the acute phase of NMI. But then this new problem uh, arises, which is uh, we have people that have damaged scars, hearts, and they can develop a disease called heart failure, which is where the heart can no longer pump to meet the demands of the body. Um, and basically our currently available treatments for this um, are aimed at either reducing symptoms, helping people maybe breathe better if fluids accumulating in their lungs as a result of their heart no longer being able to pump efficiently, um, or slowing disease progression. And that's what most of our drugs do. Um, but currently our clini only clinically available means to replace the muscle that you lose to an event like that is to give people a whole new heart. Um, and so, as you all know, there's nowhere near enough hearts to meet demand. Um, and, and that's why people have been exploring kind of regenerative approaches, which is which is what we've been doing in, in my laboratory for, for a number of years. A lot of people don't know that this is a disease with really bad outcomes. So 50% of people that are diagnosed with heart failure will be dead within five years something like a, a mean survival time after diagnosis or median survival of just over two years. So there's, there's definitely a need. Mm -hmm. So expanding on this clinical unmet need that we've just discussed, your team does a lot of research developing these novel ther uh, therapies for post-MI heart failure. Do you mind sharing with us some of the current ongoing projects within your laboratory? 
Yeah, so the kind of unifying theme in my laboratory is what we want to do is take that heart, that damaged heart where the muscle has been replaced by scar tissue, and we want to remuscularize it. And the starting material for that, we're using our a special type of stem cell called pluripotent stem cells. These are stem cells by definition that can give rise to all the cell types in the body. Um, and we can, using cues that we've learned from developmental biology, from embryology, we can take those pluripotent stem cells that can become anything and guide them now very efficiently to become cardiomyocytes or heart muscle cells, the cells that you lose during um, NMI. Um, and so kind of the unifying theme of my research program is sort of making these myocytes as, as efficiently as we can, making the right type of, of myocytes, and then testing them out in various preclinical models of MI to see if they will work, if they will survive, if they will integrate with the rest of the heart and might, might they improve the outcome. I see, thank you so much for sharing. And delving deeper into your research projects, what is the significance of using pluripotent stem cells in the context of regenerative medicine for cardiac disease? Yeah, so so it's it's probably uh, one of the the most promising strategies for, again for kind of remuscularizing hearts. There's other approaches people are taking. There's gene therapy approaches and the like. Um, but what what we can do right now, at least in an animal model, is we can take a heart that has say a large infarct scar after an MI, and we can remuscularize it, replace up to fifty percent of the footprint of the infarct scar with new muscle. And we've done experiments to show that that new muscle can hook up electrically with the rest of the heart. It can integrate and it can squeeze um, and provide new force generating capacity in, in that context. And at least in some of our animal models with some of our cell preparations, we can see really robust improvements and contractile function so that we can restore some of the pump uh, function of the heart. There's still a lot of work to do, um, and those are the kind of uh, tasks that we're we're focusing on the laboratory right now. Probably the biggest challenge that we have is I I talked about how the new muscle that we're forming can hook up with the rest of the heart, can integrate, can couple, and and fire in synchrony with it. The problem though is if the muscle that we're creating is a little different electrically, or you know just in, in general, physiologically from the rest of the heart, you can run into problems. And, and, and that's what we've encountered. One, one of the challenges that we have is during the first, say three to four weeks post-transplantation, we can see arrhythmias that are being caused by the graft tissue. That's probably the biggest hurdle that we have to, to, to get to the to clinic successfully. Because the last thing we want to do is take somebody that's already had NMI, is already at elevated risk for arrhythmias and do something to make that worse. And so, well, there's a number of topics we're focused on in the laboratory, um, probably the biggest area of activity in the lab historically and, and currently has been understanding the mechanistic basis of the arrhythmias, what's driving them, and testing strategies to, to overcome that risk. Not the only thing we're working on, but, but the biggest area of activity. I see. And during your whole research journey developing these um, novel treatments for MI and post-MI heart failure, did you have like any really like eureka moments during your research journey where you're like, wow, that's like really interesting to see. Like these results are something that I was totally not expecting during like the experimental phase. 
Yeah, I mean, there. there I, I, you always wish that there were more eureka moments. And in, in, in fact, like a lot of things in science, a lot of this progresses, you know, sort of incrementally. So it's a whole bunch of baby steps to get towards towards the end. I think that's more commonly how, how things have gone. Um, I mean, certainly there's been occasional kind of eureka high five moments along the way. Um, you know, one of the fun things about working with uh, heart muscle cells with cardiomyocytes is that they do what cardiomyocytes are supposed to do, they actually contract. And, and you can actually see the beating activity um, in the dish. And sometimes you can even see it with the naked eye. We can hold the dish up to light and you can see it rippling um, uh, across the plate. The very first time I saw beating human heart muscle cells from stem cells, you know, running down the hallway, everyone come look at this. I still don't get tired of looking at them. Um, and now we've gone from, you know, 15, 20 years ago, if we saw one little beating area on a plate, we were excited. Now people in the lab are, are unhappy if, you know, less than 98% of the cells that we're manufacturing um, are uh, less than, you know, it's less than 98% are cardiomyocytes. So again, one of those things I, I, I never take for granted. Well, that is definitely really cool to see how far your research has progressed. And yeah, thank you so much, Dr. LaFun, for sharing with us more about your research projects. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks for your interest. And you. on behalf of our entire radio team and radio director, Dr. Emilio Alarcon, we thank Dr. Laflam as well as all the Beats research listeners for your time. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram channels at Beats Research. We hope to see you all next week.